Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 276. We're recording this on September 7th. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> recording this on October 7th. I'm sorry. We're recording see, this we- on October 8th. <laughs> no, see, I, I, th- I feel no, as No, it's fine. Hi, I'm listen, Andy. No, no, no. This is I- perfect, Andy. Listen, listen. I'm here. I'm Florence Ion. I'm here with my co-host, Andy and not co. And we're both having what is one of those absolute COVID brain farts because <laughs> it's just it's been over six months. I know this is something everybody's still talking about, but this is how to deal with it. OK, you cannot just keep it buttoned up. Um, I it didn't even register with me that uh, that was wrong, <laughs> that we were a month behind in the doc. Because that's where my brain is at, and uh, and I, I have a feeling a lot of people well can so, relate to that right now. And again, I do have to take responsibility. I am the person who's responsible for changing September to October, but and I and I didn't notice it, and and yet somehow we managed to get the show done. That's why we're professionals. Exactly, we overcome. Exactly, we overcome. Surely, um, on this maybe. side of Jerusalem, none have suffered as we have suffered, and yet, and yet. <laughs> and yet, I had a, I mean, I thought I had a bunch of things to like bring to the table and talk about today, but honestly, it's just been, it's just been, it's just been, yeah. I don't know what else to say See, about is, that. This, this, I've been playing like... and using a bunch of like new gadgets. I have a bunch of stuff that I'm reviewing right now, uh, which is great. My new keyboard, like all the parts came in, so I get to finally build that this weekend. So I'm Yay. super excited. Everyone, stay tuned just in case I decide keyboard, to like do key, it on keyboards, Twitch. Keyboards are like Lego. It's like they, it's, absolutely. It's, it's the satisfaction absolutely. of being creative and building something without needing to know anything really technical. It's like you just put it's, the screws yeah. where they need to go, and then it's like, oh look, I've got I've got yeah. 110 little colorful plastic things to snap in the right order. Exactly. One, two. Exactly. I have this box like back here underneath where I've just been like adding all the things that come in from um, the shipment. And I've just I've been really eager to build my new keyboard, which is when it's finished. I will, of course, show show it to you, Andy, so you can see what it is that I was waiting like eight, nine months for. I think I put the down payment on the keyboard right before Mona was born. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm in the same boat. I ordered. I knew a, I would need it after oh, she came. <laughs> I, I ordered a, a like a parts kit for like a like a vintage uh, vintage tape deck that I've mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that I've had for. I, it cost, this like costs like five hundred dollars new, but fortunately, it's something that nobody cares about these days. So it cost me—I'm not joking—seven dollars and thirty cents. Yep. And it's like a Pioneer double deck, which I bought chiefly because it had the most like light up stuff on the front. Uh, and, aesthetic. You need and, it it's, if you're going to put it in the house. It should at least be aesthetic for you. You know. Ex- exactly. And it's like, oh, well, actually, the, the reason why it wasn't working was as I as I suspected, it just needs a new belt, a new roller. And the I I had so much sympathy for the well you know you gotta understand that we're shipping I don't I don't think so someone from Portugal Portugal would use the American dumb guy voice but I don't know what the Portugal like innocent naive dumb guy voice would be so please bear with me people from Portugal or people who know people from Portugal but it's like well you know because of COVID like a lot of stuff you know what you, you, you know delayed. who it is it's Colin Farrell in Love Actually when he goes to Portugal right he goes on like his little writing sabbatical and then he like falls in love he's the dumb guy though he's the dumb naive guy (laughs) in portugal 
Yeah. But he does end up learning uh, Portuguese to to show somebody that he loves her. So I would I would encourage anybody out there, my husband especially, to learn language for the person that you love. It would <laughs> Sorry, it's got a, really personal. No, it was, <laughs> it would seem to be a minimal thing. Otherwise, you need to, I, just simply as a self-defense thing, you're it's in your best interest to know what your partner is like saying to you behind or your about back you when she's when, when three aisles away from you at Walmart. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh anyway, Andy, what if you like have you been up to anything? Can you just like regale me? Regale me <laughs> with something. I will okay. I, I will. Uh, uh, Let me put the labor on you, friend. I, I will. I will regale you with with uh, a a domestic story and a half, and then a uh, a, a quaint, uh, petty frustration that I have with Google, which would be completely on subject. Right. So this is. Uh, I had a really really great night uh, last week because we had the harvest moon. Uh, and that's it was beautiful. Exactly. Of, of of song and story. Now and I was out like on my on my nightly walk when like it was the real harvest moon because it's like a one night full moon sort of thing. And I didn't have so I forgot what night it was and like, oh my god, that it was I was there take my walk at moon at what happened to be moonrise and it was just perfect, perfect, uh, like beautiful imagery. And of course, all I had all I had was my phone. So I was forced to, like a like an idiot, just stand there and appreciate the beauty of nature without documenting documenting it for Instagram. Uh, but was so I had beautiful how pre millennial. I know. I mean, <laughs> it's like, the, in, and I grew up in an area where there was there there wasn't even a way to monetize it, and even even there, I was surprised and mm. disappointed. But so uh, beautiful enough. So that was like night, wonderful enough. Then two days later, because I was busy the next night, I said, "No, no, I'm gonna uh, moonrise is at seven twenty eight. I'm gonna get the good camera and the good lens and the good and the good tripod and the cable release and everything. And I'm gonna get like as good a shot as I possibly can. Uh, and fortunately, it was two days after the uh, harvest moon, but. I don't. Uh, I guess like the the Chamber of Commerce wanted to leave it up until the weekend, like when all the tourists come in. So they hadn't taken it down yet, and that's uh, so I didn't miss out. And so I spent I spent a lovely like half an hour just like first just watching the moon rise and waiting to get to like the right position, and then for me the fun of like taking pictures and saying, okay, if it gets into this position, I sh- I should also mention it's one of must have been only like two or three times. In uh, in 2020, that I was able to use like my big like annual f- uh, photographic hardware present to myself, uh, which <laughs> I, I spent like 350 dollars on this uh, tele extender. It's this thing that you put behind in between like a lens and the body that will actually double the focal length of the of the lens and this was really really good because i have a really really nice telephoto and this Mm -hmm. one was also made by olympus specifically to be matched towards this thing because you can get like really really cheap ones that'll work with anything but they don't work really well this one is like optically exactly what you want and i want you to imagine me like in february thinking about okay well that's great so i got like all these amazon credits from black Fr- uh, from black friday that i've been saving up for to buy myself a really nice photographic toy like yeah that'd be great because i spend like once or twice a week just taking like long walks in boston at the park and taking pictures of squirrels and oh and when i when i go to like comic cons and take pictures of like people there and yeah i'm not you're not actually gonna be leaving the house much and then also saying to myself 
oh, so that three hundred and thirty dollar laptop laptop bag that I was saving up for all year again because gosh, you spend so much time commuting. Why not get a good? Oh, okay, that doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. So I got that good. But the other the other great thing was that uh, you and I were discussing this beforehand that in New England uh, we get these great fall colors. Yes, but you do. We it also gives it, it gives us an appreciation for nature, but also a more basic spiritual lesson that beauty is here temporarily. We must enjoy. We must seek out and enjoy beauty where we can find it, because you'll see these. It'll be like for four or five days, just spectacular. All these leaves will be at their peak, even in my neighborhood, which is like lined with trees and stuff this peak moment where oh my god it's like it's not just like yellow leaves it's like canary yellow it's like the most beautiful yellow you've ever seen but you also know that and probably a week after like four days after this is going to be like a big windstorm and they're all going to be gone because that's that's the deal the reason why they're changing color is because they're getting ready to like enjoy enjoy a new phase of life as like uh, pedestrian leaves mm-hmm. like people you know, leaves that instead of just like stay put all the time just like hey you know what i'm gonna see this world i'm gonna have that adventure by being swept away from the tree and so at, at the end of my night and of course of uh, of taking pictures of the moon so i still have all my stuff i've still got I'm t- and i'm walking home and i see this beautiful tree and it's now it's being like backlit and side lit by street lights so it's particularly intense particularly beautiful and so i was able to like reset my tripod and stuff and take some really nice pictures of uh, of the fall leaves it's not it's not like that the postcard where you have to drive up to vermont and like spend three nights at a and b to be in the valley at the right time when they're peaking but at least i was able to spend a good 20 oh, minutes to half an hour to do that just staring at beautiful <laughs> le- and I, 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 i'm making fun of this a little bit but really it is uh, the, the great thing about New England is that if you live here, as opposed to making uh, having to make a special trip out for for leaf peeping, as the as the tourist uh, board calls it, just being able to say at some point you're doing your you're you're taking out you're taking a walk or you're or you're just like doing food shopping, and then you just like holy mother of God, look at that site above like uh, above the river, and I'm just going to sit here for thirteen to twenty minutes and just look at it and remind myself that the world is actually is actually a very very beautiful place that most say. of the ugliness and suffering is quite temporary although it doesn't seem that way and that this display of beauty uh, and and seasonal change has been happening since tens of thousands of years before humans and will continue to happen for hundred thousand mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. why not just, that's that's the sense of yeah. normalcy that i think we need to shift our focus a little bit because we keep I keep personally saying like I need to find some sense of normalcy. You know, I even like have been writing it in my e- in my uh, email, cor- you know, my official correspondence with folks. Just like, oh, I'm looking forward to this briefing because it's just, you know, this is a <laughs> sense of normalcy. What is otherwise like really trying time, but the true normalcy is in nature. And I I was really reminded of that. Like even just camping for a yeah. day for two nights last week, being out amongst the stars. Um, it was so loud. The wind was blowing so harshly, but the trees were so big. So it was just making this loud, thunderous sound. Like every time it would just come whistling through and it just sounded like what I imagined. It sounded like the wildebeest approaching in The Lion King. That, you know, <laughs> that part nobody likes. And it just like, 
I don't know. There's just something about it reminds you that we really are just like a blip in a larger ecosystem. And I think anyway, welcome to material existential talk. (laughs) (laughs) Or or we could like, if, if, if this is really going well, like we could just like next week, the, the middle of the week podcast we'll do is like, and, and so now if we're all ready and we're all settled, we're going to start off by, Inhaling and just focusing on the breath. But see, I really need to start doing that, by the way, before I start work, because it would be very good for me. Um, Now, just to kind of like switch gears totally here, I have to tell you that I, after you told me about Techmoan, I went to YouTube. First, I went down a rabbit hole because that's what happens when you go to YouTube, because immediately when you, I mean, that's why the, the New York Times named that podcast Rabbit Hole. But the minute you go, your algorithm reminds you, remember all this stuff that you've like subscribed to? They have new things. And you're like, oh, 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 oh. And then you're just stuck there watching watching videos. But I did eventually uh, watch that Hit Clips uh, video that Techmoan did. It was very, it was very interesting. Um, and it made me not want to bother buying one off of eBay just for the sheer nostalgia. <laughs> Because he brought up, he said, like, these, like, people don't like these things, so you will find them all over eBay. And from what we've been learning with my husband doing his, like, purging project, trying to, like, get all these old 80s and 90s toys that he has just kind of out the door, we've been realizing that if there are eBay pages and pages of something, that means it's not, it's a commodity. It's not something that people are really, like, harnessing and holding on. Um, So I thought that was really cool. Thank you for the suggestion. I like I like Techmoan's channel, and we'll put a link in the show notes. It's, it's one of my favorites because I don't, I'm not a, f- I, I'm I'm exactly like you with that algorithm that they'll uh, they'll note how much time I spend watching a really good channel like Techmoan or LGR, and they'll think, oh wow, he, is he into like just like really crass, stupid like self-defeating nostalgia well let's let's at least try and give him some channels that just go into really crass stupid i wish i lived in the past self-defeating nostalgia like hey remember like there uh, there used to be uh like this game and uh there were like four buttons and it was like round and it was like simon says and it would light up the buttons and you had to tap the button. You mean you mean Simon says? You mean Simon? Yeah, it was it was like that. And I remember that uh when I was a kid, uh I didn't get it for Christmas, but my cousin got it for Christmas. And so uh, like when we visited their house like for Christmas, like we played it like all day long and it was like really really cool. And I found out that another one of my like I don't care. You shouldn't care either. This was like this is the equivalent of the recipe blog. This is the equivalent of the recipe blog. Like I, I understand that your mother passed this down to you. So yeah, it's, this is really. In- I'm sorry. I'm no, being no, very it's, insensitive. It's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the algorithm. But, the, <laughs> but whereas, whereas a, a good one will like the the uh, the, the Merlin game 
which is like I, I, mm-hmm. I I'm not in a, I had it. I thought it was great when I was a kid. I don't relate it relate to it right now. When I was a kid, I do have one that I got at the MIT flea market for ten bucks because it was a, as usual at the at the MIT flea. It was like a crime of opportunity, and I really do think that as a design object. I thought it was like a really, really pretty and interesting thing because uh, I have I have a lot of old technology, but mostly because I just think aesthetically it's very, very interesting and tells a story about I, yeah, I agree ab- about I'm, the about product mm-hmm, development and industrial mm-hmm. design. But also, I I don't think it was Techmoan who did the video, but also saying well, actually, the interesting uh, what Techmoan will do is that he will do like he will take it apart and not just say okay, and so like the reason so uh, you can see oh the battery sort of leaked that that's what happened to mine. Uh, and I blamed my sister on it because she borrowed it and stuff. Like I don't care anymore. Tell me more. I guess the the uh, the, the the Merlin game was <laughs> one of the first uses of an embedded controller chip, uh, like in all of technology. Where it's where of course they had instead of using like discrete logic, we developed a custom a, a custom uh, like a, a not necessarily an ASIC, but like oh wow, that's really really interesting. And now I'm like googling the data sheet on the, oh wow, you can still buy it and it's still actually used in a lot of like mechanical control well that's interesting and so this thing that i bought for ten dollars because people miss when people see it like on a shelf in my in my office they think it's like an early cell phone because it really did look like a cell phone <laughs> like, mm-hmm. or, or it looked it looks it's designed it looks like a phone it should have like a phone jack on it but that's that's what i'm getting at i don't i i keep reminding myself uh and i keep being being reminded that nostalgia is a huge problem it is it is when you're yearning for a uh, yearning for a past era that only exists in your mind and probably never existed at all. I think that's one of the reasons why. Thanks we for have calling me out. Oh no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not. I'm just. I'm calling myself. It's. It's been something that's been that's been deeply coming up in these last six, seven months, just because of everything that's been going on. I feel like a lot of people can really relate to it too, because I've been noticing across the board, like, Hey, remember this like playlist of songs that like was really popular in high school. And it's like all like the angry emo music that was really popular (laughs) in the early two thousands. And, you know, I've been really looking at old tech myself and just kind of being like, well, what should I add to my collection? Like I have all these other things, like maybe I should add this. And, and it's really, uh, the good news is I have some good ideas coming out of some of this nostalgia trip. Right. Hence that Windows 98 virtual box that I built for a very specific research reason. I'm seeing your tweets. And like, you're, I, I saw that you're actually putting in there's, – there's some sort of like community group that's putting together a version of AOL uh, message boards that will work with old software. And ICQ. Um, what they basically did is they remapped the ports. So all you have to do is when you install the old f- program file, you just go in and like remap the ports as you would have back in 98, <laughs> 99. And I did this on the virtual box per their instructions and I got it to work. It's not, there's no old servers. They're brand new. You have to like re-register. The only problem is the people running, running the program are a little, um, I'm a little concerned about some of the links that they have. It's like, yeah, they, they link to some very like far right stuff. And I'm just like, I was going to ask my friends to come do this experiment with me for like the, the reasoning that I'm doing this whole thing, but I'm not going to have them trudge into that territory. Um, yeah. See, this, this is the different. This is why I, 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 I call out nostalgia 
for as being something separate from an appreciation for something that was very, very well done and very, very high quality that you forgot mm-hmm. that you should reappreciate. I've one of the I, I'm uh, I, we spoke before about how I'm buying like lots of CDs mm-hmm. chiefly because they're like dirt cheap. And if, if we were not already 20 minutes in, I would tell you such a great story about how uh, a, a find that I made like on eBay uh, just last week, but uh the like oh wasn't it i just i just wish we had like the old internet you know where it was very community based and you you made friends that you wouldn't have been able to meet from others all kinds of walks of life yeah and then, it's like, called facebook groups right, right, <laughs> and they're but, materializing but then, for hatred <laughs> but then like Sorry, the devil appears like... and said well if you'd like i can ma- i can make your internet exactly like that your wish is granted yeah. like <laughs> wow hey great oh my god and now god. it has sick, lots of money too sick, <laughs> sickening it's all these message boards are like choked with sickening people that are who who feel oh my god i mean i have a live microphone and i can talk about exactly how i feel about people of certain nationalities and find oh wow and look there's a whole group of people who agree with me and And, look my name and look spotify is giving me an exclusive Anyway, <laughs> anyway, God. hey, but, but before we go, it's, it's <sighs> since this, since this works so we, you brought up Techmoan. Um, <clears throat> he did, did. If you're pa- if you're a, a patron of his, he does these wonderful like hour long. He calls them oddcasts, uh, whereas his usual public videos are like really really tightly edited and really nicely professionally produced. This is where he just. My, one uh, microphone in the studio and he speaks off of a list of topics he kind of wants to talk about for an hour and it's really really cool so but one of the cool things about his uh his oddcast that he will also tell about talk about like what it's like to run a, a channel even a really successful one he has like one point uh, one hundred and one point one million subscribers at this point but still he almost got his kind really close to getting his entire channel taken down because he got a he got a content match uh, on one of his on a video that he put up like five six years ago, uh, and the content match was this song that wasn't released until like this year or uh, uh, like a couple years ago. So it's like, well, this is ridiculous. This camp it's it just, just it's just a demonstration about how the software that record companies and uh, these companies use to do content matches is just full of false hits that Google uh, YouTube doesn't care because their only their only reason for dealing with the content match system is that so that they won't violate uh, uh, section 230 the copyright mm-hmm, act mm-hmm. and so that they're oh well see we 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 took this down really really quickly as soon as the copyright holder complained but then like what if it's clearly not at not the content creator's fault uh so he uh, he challenged it and then the the price for the, the reason the, the the way that youtube tries to discourage you from challenging uh, something on principle is that okay but all right all you've got right now is like a is like a a, a content match which means that you won't get uh, you won't get money from this video which was a problem because it was one of those videos of his that's super popular and earns him 120 130 pounds uh uh, uk uh, mm-hmm. a, a month and so it was very much worth him like fighting this and uh, and some sort of like robot it seems like someone someone who has to process a thousand of these a day quote looked at it unquote and said nope sorry you lose which means that now you get a copyright strike and if you get three of those we take down your entire your entire channel permanently and he had a challenge and but he still felt like he had to challenge it and he he looked into it, and this is what points out how screwed up the entire uh, content match copyright strike thing is. 
there was a content match between the two, but the content match was this was like a uh, the the uh, company that uh, that filed this the the strike. It was for uh, again uh, like a a hip hop uh, track that was released just a couple of years ago. And the the audio that was content match was audio that this song stole from that original video. Like there was a he, he had like a demo he had like a demo tape from 1952 of like he was he was doing this great thing about here's how they were here's how like the recording industry tried to introduce high fidelity stereo. So this is, there was this wonderful like demo tape that he got a hold of. Which is like what after you've after you've put like your stereo in your living room and you're trying to justify to the family why you spent the equivalent of eight thousand dollars on it. It's like here we are at the bowling alley. I sure hope I get a strike this time. And someone sampled like one of those things as part of their music track. And so, a it wasn't your it wasn't your music to be to begin with. B you only have this track because you stole it. Because he, and he could actually demonstrate that no, it's not like they got a copy of the same tape or they. It was like no, no, no. I I had done something to this for editing purposes, and this has that exact same tick to it. And it's it's horrifying to think about how many people managed to do YouTube as their full time career. But nonetheless, the they they could have their entire business just demolished around them by a bureaucracy that they have very little power against. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of uh, uh, I'm thinking of doing YouTube videos myself. Maybe not necessarily as a business, but more as another uh, mode of expression. An add-on, exactly. Yeah, an add-on to. I mean, a, a way, a way that I could share my point of view with people that right that aren't into reading and aren't into podcasts. And but part of my fear is that okay, well, if we do this, we're not even if we use any music whatsoever, it's only going to be from the YouTube audio library, if that. And uh, it's just it's just a mess. And I wish that uh, I know that YouTube has a lot more to deal with, such as hate groups using uh, the platform to spread disinformation yes. and to further disenfranchise people who have little enough franchise to begin with but on that list of things i really wish that they would address this is also on that list yeah oh boy yeah i agree but uh but i also agree that we should probably take a little break because we've got some really meaty stuff coming up <laughs> yes a lot so of we need, in this we need to give people a, a second right <laughs> so here Get we yourself go a beverage <laughs> Apple cider donut, those are in season. Those are quite oh, lovely, particularly really particularly if you go delicious. to like a family farm that has a farm stand, even better. Mask up, of delicious. course, social distance, but it's outside, so you're, I don't think you're creating any problems. Anyway, we'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, 
you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. So last week, in the midst of all the hardware news that we were graced with as Google fans, there was also some news happening underneath the seams that I personally think is pretty darn important, <laughs> just to put it in my, I mean, it's a very mild way of putting it, but Basically, Google settled a huge settlement last week, which is what settlement means. Uh, a huge settlement <laughs> reached a week ago, last a week ago tomorrow. So it is Thursday. Last Friday. Yes, yes. So Sundar Pichai, had, he had sent an email to all employees, very frank, very direct. It was about this particular settlement. Let me read you the headline from CNBC, and we're going to put this link in the show notes. Google's $310 million sexual harassment settlement aims to set new industry standards. And I absolutely agree. So here are some of the wins from that case, just to kind of distill it down. And before before we do, should, I, should we mention that this wasn't uh, one of the f- several victims of sexual harassment at Google filed a lawsuit and won? It's even more high high level than that. It was the yes. shareholders who said, "We are sick and tired of your behavior. We you need to do." And we we are sick and tired of the negative headlines. <laughs> true, but still. That's like uh, that, that's that's the moment where when it becomes there, uh, Google is one of those companies that I trust are trying to do things because it's the right thing to do, right? Even if they're faced with something, but nonetheless, the thing that turns it into you know what we're right, you're absolutely right. We're going to work on that really hard. We're going to come up with an action plan. Like, oh, by the way, there's a huge, huge shareholder lawsuit and a shareholder revolt on this issue. Okay. Um, Warning to all the consumers, uh, the Pixel 5 is going to be underwhelming and maybe even kind of suck because really all of our attention is going to have to be focused on getting rid of this lawsuit and doing what needs to be done because that's that's the difference between having like name brand coffee in the break room and having like one of those little water filters and you're expected to bring your own. Yeah, you can thank uh, the godfather of Android, Andy Rubin, for this, oh, um, for all of the things that he did. So that, and then he got a nine hundred ninety million dollar nine. Excuse me, ninety million. Still a lot. Ninety million dollar payout. It's like if you had cancer surgery and you're required to pay the tumor that was excised from your body ninety million dollars because that's oh, a great that's right. metaphor. <laughs> I that's a great way to put it. So here were some of the wins from um, the settlement that happened last week. Employees are no longer restricted to forced arbitration. This was a really big deal, and it is a really big deal just in corporate America, honestly. So it is it does set it does set a precedent that Google was the first one to kind of like bring this into the fold. Uh, employees are no longer constrained by NDAs. So you're not signing up to be quiet about something traumatic that happened to you. Um, these changes, they've ex- been extended to all alphabet workers. So previously, contract workers, temporary workers and people working in other bets 
They were excluded from previous reforms. However, the end forced arbitration Twitter feed has examined some of the raw details, and they say that they're not impressed with the settlement. So some of the important notes that they made, and we're going to link to that Twitter thread in the show notes, so you can go ahead and read it uh, when you have time. So they're ending forced arbitration for other bets employees on only some issues, most of which are related to harassment. Issues such as wrongful termination and wage theft are still forced into arbitration. So a lot of the settlement is, yes, covering a lot of that toxic behavior that was exhibited throughout the years and then paid out, but it doesn't blanket all of the toxicity that exists in corporate Silicon Valley. None of these changes that were made in the settlement will apply to employees of Google or Alphabet suppliers. However, another part of this pledge at least says that they're going to have more direct talks about this with their subcontractors. So it's a possibility. Obviously, we'll have to like really watch for that. Um, Employees of bets can opt out of arbitration, but they still can't unite for class action suits against the company. So there's no Donna Martin graduates when it comes to this. uh, I just saw that episode yesterday because I'm like ripping it and making memes for the heck of it. Um, Anyway, it's on my mind. Uh, Relationships in reporting lines. So any romantic relationships, physical relationships, or even familiar relationships, they are now prohibited prohibited instead of strongly discouraged. Um, Can I I make a uh, crossover millennial generation X? Yes. uh, This is sort of like that episode in Friends where like Ross (laughs) was dating one of his students and he said, oh, that must be okay because it's only strongly discouraged. It's strongly discouraged or or I think the phrase was it's 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 only frowned upon. And everybody in the entire audience is thinking, wow, this is why I hate Ross as a character, because he doesn't understand that they say frowned upon as a way of saying we are really, really, really. You're probably not going to get tenure. You're probably not even going to get your parking validated if you keep doing it. Anyway, so. <clears throat> he just needed to lead with the dinosaurs. That would get anybody. <laughs> um, for uh, okay. What but, did Rachel see in him? I just don't get it. I was thinking the it's exact like, same like thing. That's why I lost the my mark. Specifically, that oh well, he's but not you know what? Rachel at all. was he's... Rachel was a little. Okay, she, Phoebe she, is she, best. She, she Phoebe was is kind of best. a piece of work as well. Phoebe, yeah, she's yes. absolutely, absolutely. Phoebe was the best. Um, she had the biggest heart too. So uh, <laughs> let's see. Four follow-up meetings over two years to the complainants following an investigation. So if there is an investigation that that goes uh, that goes through, it if, if you're not the, I like this one where if if you're not satisfied with the results of the investigation, yeah. they're not necessarily saying that there's, there's they're gonna you can appeal it, but they're saying if you want follow up meetings, you can have four up to over two years. So that's a year and a half later. If you find out that the thing is, you said that this this should have effectively ended this manager's career, and yet they just got a promotion. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Yeah, yeah. WTF, mate. More transparencies on how investigations are conducted. Again, that's a that's a remains to be seen. That's kind of how I feel about those because that's something time will tell. More yeah. training for managers and other people in positions of power. I'm very curious about that one because there's a reason that the sexual harassment training videos are like such a joke because, you know what I mean? People, they're a punchline, I should say, because... 
I feel like maybe their implementation, I mean, it's another matter altogether, but they're not as effective as as you'd like. Yeah, it. It, it's like the video they show you when you start a new job at like a retail right. place. And they're like, this is the ethos of the place. And it's like, the ethos of this place is no sexual harassment. It's like, yes, I know you say that in theory, <laughs> but are you really covering like the facets of what sexual harassment looks like? In a modern time, that that did that did underscore to me that uh, the settlement is at least on the surface seems comprehensive because you're absolutely right. The materials uh, often appear to be written by lawyers who want to make sure that there is coverage if there's a problem in the future. Say, well, you know, we we absolutely don't support. As a matter of fact, uh, our employees are specifically uh, told that at the point of hiring, they can't do this. And they have to sign a document that says that we that they watch that video and understand the implications. But the idea of uh, changing the training for people who are in positions of power on what uh, one possibility is that it implies that we're going to look at this and we're going to change it from a no we're not, we're not going to remember 10 years remember 15 20 years ago when we hired Penn and Teller to do our training video because we thought it would be it would make it more interesting to watch it really reminded me of uh, a viral video of one of the senior like military generals in Australia who was addressing uh uh addressing essentially like uh gays in the military about uh, all, and all kinds of other little issues in which uh he was <laughs> scary as hell double as scary if you were like under his command because he was sort of like Gordon like, Ramsay when he goes into a, a restaurant that's dying. No, no, because I'm, I'm thinking more of like your mom or your dad, where so you in know a loving that, but firm way, versus no, not even like. Oh. They're using the they're using this tone of voice that means that they are really furious, but they're too they're they're too professional not to. There was a he was like imagine him like looking dead in the mm-hmm. camera like mm-hmm. someone who is career military mm-hmm. and saying I will not do the Australian accent. This is not what he was saying. This is what I'm saying. I say saying that the the all of our core principles for being a soldier in this military is that you will carry out your orders, you will maintain discipline and structure, and you will honor and support your fellow soldiers. If you have a problem with this, you do not have a place in our military. You can attempt to have that attitude in other in other uh, occupations. I do not believe that you will get very far there. It was literally like I, this is not a okay now wink 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 because of that lawsuit wink 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 we're saying make sure that you treat everybody fairly wink 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 but we all know but it's like no it's like oh crap (laughs) you know what i I was my enlistment period was up and i was gonna sign up for another four to six years but it seems pretty clear that the stuff that i was getting away with for the past three or four (laughs) years are going to be a lot more difficult and perhaps i should take a job in my uncle's lumberyard as he's been offering me for the past year (laughs) god i i wish i wish some people would have that sort of uh come to jesus moment so the settlement includes more than 80 updates and changes to existing harassment policies and procedures at google specifically involving closing loopholes that have been exploited in the past there we go uh and executives accused of harassment will be denied contractual parachuted contractual parachutes (laughs) 
I, sorry, I'm, I star- didn't, like... I'm starting. I'm starting to think that, uh, like my my Pixel Book, I've been using it so much over the past like three years that maybe no, the I'm keyboard so, Well, this looks it looks bad on me, Andy, because I didn't like notice that before. Anyway, um, okay, so executives accused of mind, harassment. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to scroll ahead while you talk to make sure that anything is underlined in red. Uh, listen. <laughs> It's okay to bring some levity to this because I know it's kind of a heavy subject. So it's fine if we, we read through some typos. But, but good but good news for, for yes. Google. Good news for Google. Also, good their ability for, Google, for yeah. those executives to exercise stock options and other such moves will be frozen while they're under investigation, which should have been the freaking norm in the first hand, okay? <laughs> Sorry for using the F word, but it's just like, come on. Um, $310 million, again, pledged towards... I made a face and I'll explain why. Pledge towards new diversity, equality, and inclusion measures. Today I posted on Instagram. I know it's just an Instagram post. It doesn't like do anything for society past that. But um, uh, what was it? Solving racism is not diversity and inclusion. Like that's not what's going to fix. But obviously it's great to see this on paper. Okay, so. Woo. Let's see. Let's see what comes of this. Let's see what materializes. You know, I can promise to Andy that I will send him a bag of candy every week for the rest of the year. But unless I truly commit to that, Andy's not getting any candy. We've created we've we've put a candy fund in escrow mm. and we, we set up a legal trust. Exactly. So that, that money has already been set aside. And also we have hired a contractor, a subcontractor who is uh, required as terms of the contract to send uh, Andy one of the super size like uh, collections of uh, of. Uh, of Kit Kat bars. I have, by oh, the way, God, I, I thought to... he was going to say 100 grand. I was like, Andy, do you know how hard it is to find those? No, 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 no. But I, <sighs> I, I have to blame you that there. That I was at the we, we recorded last week. We we're talking about Kit Kat bars, and all, all I wanted, all I needed to get was like a bag of ice because I was going to be riding for like and 10 or 12 Kit hours Kats, straight. Because there's like and seven of them. Mm-hmm. Not, and not, no, not just like the Kit Kats, but they had like the, the one that's like a piano key, piano a keyboard where it's like they, the, the, the Kit Kat bars, they just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And so you could just snap off four and pretend <laughs> you're having one Kit Kat bar. But then you've got this open container of Kit Kats with like another like octave of like Kit Kats in there. And and the next thing you know, like it's like three hours later, and you've got an empty. You're surprised to find that oh, I'm reaching into this wrapper, and there's no more Kit Kats. And then you're like, if I turn this wrapper over, I'm going to be able to calculate mentally how much, how many calories I just consumed okay, while okay. sitting and typing. This is yeah, it's anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Three hundred ten million. This is the biggest amount of cash that a tech company has put toward diversity, equality, and inclusion measures. But of course, the caveat to this is that it's been forced by legal action, which makes it very hard to kind of go around and celebrate. Okay, that's that's the honest truth. Now, this money is going to be focused on increasing access to computer science education and careers. Google already does a lot of that, I should say, continuing to build a more representative workforce, fostering a I'd like to know how that's building a more representative workforce, because really you need to hire those people when I read continuing to build, I read we're going to go into schools and give them Chromebooks. Like, maybe that's me being really cynical, but I digress. Uh, also, helping businesses from un- underrepresented groups to succeed in the digital economy and tech industry. Again, these are all like good things from the surface, but I just want to 
remind everybody to look at these a lot closer and just think about how messed up, to put it in in very <laughs> layman's terms, it is that such a big company with so much money has all of this wealth and that this is how it's being trickled down because of a lawsuit. You know what I mean? It, this is, you know, this is like when the billionaire goes in and it's just, I get it. It it will help. It it, it will help, but it's not solving the big, the big problem at hand. You see what yeah. I'm saying? It's not actually solving anything. It's just kind of helping anybody who's lucky enough. Yeah. I mean, you don't, uh, you do, the the solution to a poison gas leak at a factory is not and we're and we're giving a ten dollar credit to every resident of the affected community to install air filters in their windows like okay it's not nothing but what you need to do is to shut down the factory that's putting poison gases into the atmosphere mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, I, I will say that um again, I, another good metaphor yeah there he goes. Yeah, I did. I, 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 I'm have. I have my beverage today. Mm. There's uh, the, uh, well, there's there's a lot of stuff I liked, and yeah, we're obviously pointing out that this is simply the announcement of an agreement. We have to roll back on this in six months, a year from now, two years mm-hmm. from now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. see exactly what kind of when uh, Google does do regular disclosures of uh, diversity and inclusion. Let's see how this affects uh, those numbers. Let's see if there's another really, really, if there's another need for an employee, for a global employee walkout because the employee, people who are being paid by Google are disgusted by Google's own uh, behavior. But stuff that I, there's a lot that I really like, at least in these announcements, particularly um, how Google is and Alphabet are losing NDAs and forced arbitration yeah. as a way of, making things go away this is the stuff that just can make me rage when you can see that there's an entire mechanism put in place to say that no matter how we abuse you if you want to we're we want to make sure that we 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 want to make sure you understand that while we're discussing how we're going to address your complaint we can tease this out as long as we want to and all we really want to do is make you go away, which is why we're forcing you to not only have to talk to us and our lawyers as opposed to a public judge, but also sign an agreement saying you promise never to tell anybody about how we address this or how we fix this or even talk about your time at our company or exactly why we're paying you the settlement. Time and time again in category after category in business, in civil life, that this is how people with money and resources and power – decide that they are beyond the reach of justice because all like look i got a hundred million dollars i can not only do i think that this person will take a million dollars to go away we our lawyers will convince them that if you want to wait 28 years to finally lose your last appeal and be left with nothing but a stack of legal bills i think you'll take the million dollars that represents one half of my touring income last year and also sign this agreement saying you agree to never do anything that will harm my career or my reputation, no matter what it is that I actually did to to require this sort of settlement. Like this is this is you understand why in thousands of years ago, the product known as divine retribution and eternal damnation mm. that was such an a successful product because if you could see that these people who regard themselves as completely untouchable. Well, they are untouchable on this mortal sphere, but there is a God who will punish them 
for eternity, not just the 70 years that they're living on this planet, but for all eternity. And they will be creating a special version of eternal torture tailored specifically for what will cause them the most fear, pain and horror. This is what I will definitely take your brochure home with me and read it very carefully if I were living in that sort of situation. And this is why NDAs and uh, and uh, forced arbitration is sort of <laughs> a way to address that. Um, so that's, again, let's be skeptical. Let's be make sure that we're following up on this. But those are things I think were really, really important because they're, that means that they are voluntarily giving up a tool that allows them to get away with stuff. Again, mm-hmm. just, just as these watchdogs have said, it's not perfect. It's not as goes, doesn't go as far as we think it should, but it's, it's one, it's a really important thing when someone who is notorious for beating someone with a stick says that, okay, I agree to never, ever, 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 ever be able to purchase access, make or anything a stick ever again. Mm. So, Mm. Now, part of the new workplace commitments included putting together a new diversity and inclusion advisory council. And Andy, you had a little bit of insight on that if you wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of names that I didn't really – I one I vaguely recognized because mm-hmm. in the past year or two, I've had to do like a lot of <laughs> reading about like em, uh, employment law. Uh, so they've added three new members to uh, this council. The existing council was basically all Google people. Uh, Sundar Pichai, as you would expect, uh, Google's chief diversity officer, Melanie Parker, uh, Google's senior vice president for global affairs, Kent Walker, uh, and he's also their chief chief legal officer, uh, and uh, Jen Fitzpatrick, who is uh, not only Google's senior vice president of core technologies, but one of like the first 30 employees ever hired at Google. Uh, So, okay, (laughs) someone who, unlike Sundar Pichai, even deeply understands the uh the the nature of google googliness the culture that they're trying to fight so that's good stuff but what was missing was like sort of like uh uh people that would be fighting against them and now they have them uh three three new members of the council are they're all senior attorneys at their individual law firms their expertise is in employment litigation and they've had experience serving on diversity employees like this one. So the idea is that they're they're expanding the committee with the kind of high-powered lawyers who fight these battles on behalf of the complainants, on behalf of the employees, as opposed to like defending these lawsuits on the uh, on the part of uh, of corporations. So that's all. Again, it's very very nice. Uh, it's also it's more than it's more than symbolic because these are people with reputations to defend and uphold and if they turned out mm-hmm. to be people who are who people who agreed to serve on this committee uh and just as oh, oh look who we hired we hired these people from the outside and they're lit, they're employee litigators like they 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 have too much to lose and they also have enough success in their own rights to say we don't i don't need this i uh, i can definitely fight this fight on behalf of employees and actually do good so it it really is it really is like there's a the rebel base saying we understand we're gonna have some uh, some imperials (laughs) imperial generals and and colonels actually working in our war council to make sure we get their (laughs) employee the people who are going to attack us understand who could explain to us exactly why the stuff that we're being accused of and the stuff that we're currently facing right now is some uh some flipped up spit as they would say and why we need to absolutely change this 
So Pachai, you know, he encouraged all employees to read the PDF, which again, we will put into the show notes. And he ended by saying, I hope these commitments will serve as a strong signal to all of you that we are not going back in time. So, wow. I I did like that. When Facebook, for instance, sorry, Facebook, there you go. We have to get the curse (laughs) off the show by saying, every time we say Facebook, anyway, um, Whereas Facebook is, whenever they have to respond to stuff like this, it's always, you know, it's kind of tedious that we who have been doing nothing but being the best friend to the downtrodden, to the entire world, shall be forced to actually explain to people who clearly don't understand how wonderful we are. It's like, oh, go to hell. This is, this really does feel like, yeah, we're, uh, again, the tone, having seen a lot of these sort of statements in the past, this really does have the feeling of we have made substantial changes uh, at our, uh, we have made substantial necessary changes because we are interested in improving our company as opposed to we are sick and tired of like having to deal with this during the news cycle when we're trying to launch a brand new color of earbuds that I'm sorry we've been working very hard on for nine or ten months. So who the hell do you think you are forcing us to issue a statement about like <laughs> so I I am I am overall pleased by this, but as usual, we'll see how this turns out. Indeed. Well, I feel like that's a really important time now for us to take a little break because we're going to go into some hardware, switching gears again. So let's take a break. Let's do an experiment. Ask yourself this question right now and hold the answer in your mind. Okay, what's the biggest time waster you've got at work? Now, I'm going to predict that your answer was email. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I know. That is quite impressive. Now, I do have psychic powers, but I didn't really need to switch them on for that one because a recent study found that almost 50% of the time that managers spend tending to their inboxes is spent on emails that should never have been sent to them in the first place or didn't even need an answer. Okay, but what if you could just press a magic button and never see those time-wasting emails again? Well, that's exactly what SaneBox does. With just a few clicks, SaneBox automatically gets your email under control and filters out all of the messages that don't need your focus. And you don't even have to switch email apps because it works in whichever email client you already use. It also has some nifty features like the Sane Black Hole, where you can vanquish senders you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders for sending email reminders to your future self. Okay, so you're probably a regular listener of this podcast. You know that uh, whenever there's a personal experience uh, section to an ad read, I basically take this as an opportunity to to do sort of a podcast essay on the subject in general. uh, what's, what's my relationship with email? Well, it's historical in nature, isn't it? Uh, I've, I've, I'm a Generation Xer, which means that my first email address was a CompuServe address, uh, or uh, and uh, my first internet address had like four. I'm, I'm not joking, like four, five, six different periods in the in the in the in the address because. Uh, this is back when you didn't ha- you didn't really have an email provider, so you had to like it had to make like seventeen hops through all kinds of different services and servers. So yeah, I have a pretty long experience. <laughs> I, I I practically grew up with with uh, with email. So, but even so, oh my god, the amount of time that I have to spend on email that 
I don't, I've only had the life experience of someone in my line of work, which is a technology journalist, which means that I'm getting, my, my inbox is just flooded with like PR pitches and, uh, and, uh, people who want to get my attention for a certain project or a certain piece of research uh, mixed in that are emails from people who are just reaching out because they're listeners to one of my shows or readers of something, the, some of the things that I write. And I absolutely, I, I love those. I absolutely want to see those too. In addition to stuff that I'm reaching out to other people as well. And I'm waiting for this email because I can't really write this thing until I get this super expert on this topic to explain something that I'm too dumb at the moment to really understand and it's kind of a mess and the reason for that mess is that the basis of email hasn't really changed since i started using it in the 1980s think about that for a second it's still there is an you have an email address all of your email goes into an inbox in this big huge wobbly pile the only sophistication that seems to be universal is uh, is spam detection so yes most but certainly not all of the spam gets routed to a special box uh, i could then i could also add little filters to it to say that oh, here are the people that i'm working with definitely put these in a special priority my email client i use uh i, I use microsoft outlook uh, for my email service i like things like being able to pin things meaning that uh, please make sure that this email is always at the top of my inbox probably because I've I'm going to be meeting this person in 2 days I want to make sure that I don't lose their uh, their contact information or the place where I'm going to be going but it really isn't all that great is it and so I I'm really really grateful for new services that try to say look it's 2020 at this point shouldn't email be able to do something better it's it's whole the whole relationship between People at email is totally different now because we have so many other ways of communicating with each other digitally. When we need to speak to somebody instantly, I've got Slack. I've got other chat channels. You know, when I want to uh, talk to a group of people, some of whom I know, some of whom I don't know, I go to my Twitter feed. Uh, email should not be treated by either the server or the client as just the only means of electronic communication anymore, because it totally isn't. It needs to find its new role if it's going to be relevant. And that's why I really like the idea of these external services. Uh, just, the, I, just the idea of, the, the, during the, in the ad copy, there was a mention of being able to schedule emails. I love that. That is such a valuable feature, because there are so many times where I'm going to, I often use my inbox as, uh, as a way of, it's sort of like the fridge, <laughs> where if I want to post, if I want to save something in a place where I know I'm going to see it several times a day, or I'm going to see it later, I will tack it up to my fridge. I put, you know, bills and notes myself and letters on the fridge because I'm going to see that at least in the morning, aren't I? And my inbox is as much the same way. I will, I'm one of those people who does email stuff to themselves to say that, oh, well, during your, during your uh, three times an hour that you're checking your inbox, always also remember that you meant to check out this piece of research or ask this person this question. And it tends to clutter things up if you don't turn it into a real reminder system. Does to say nothing of the idea of this is a I I, I speak from uh, sad and uh, and guilty experience. A friend of mine uh, uh, emailed me about a really cool and wonderful life uh, uh, life and career change they made recently, and I haven't. This was like a 
a week ago, more than a week ago, and I haven't responded to it yet, uh, only because uh, she sent it to me via email, and I had to. Oh my god, I, I this is such a great piece of news. I definitely want to respond to it fully, but I don't want to do it while I'm focused on just like clearing out my inbox. I want to save this for a time when I'm sitting on the sofa enjoying music and just reading and doing stuff that I'm going to actually enjoy. So that's why services like this are so important and they're crucial. They're um, we can't. The problem is with the problem with email is that we can't screw around with the infrastructure. The reason why email is still so effective decades after its invention and other things that kind of tried to supplant or, or replace email have gone to the land of ghosts and winds, as the saying goes, is because it's ubiquitous. It's universal. Everybody has an email address. It will always work. We can. We love like uh, iMessage, we love uh, WhatsApp, we love these individual chat apps, but that counts on the person at the other end having this app and knowing how to use it, whereas everybody knows how to use email. So it's it. we need to put email into rehab. We can't change the mechanism by which it works because it has to be compatible with everything, but each and every one of us has the ability to find and use these tools that make email turn into less of a burden and turns into more of an opportunity. This is like if I if I have a, a, a list of like engraved in marble placards about here are things that Andy believes are fundamentally important regarding technology. One of the first ones that I really uh, embraced and created for myself was that technology needs to either create an opportunity for you or solve a problem. Otherwise, it's not worth your time and money. And so. Email, if it's just becoming a burden, if it's just becoming another source of stress, if it's just something else that you can't keep up with, it's a problem. You need to replace it or you need to improve it. And add, create, uh, buying and subscribing to add-ons that make your inbox into more of a productivity and creativity tool, that's creating opportunities and solving problems all in the same swath. So that's a, that's the middle of the personal experience <laughs> part of the ad. Uh, we'll go. But we will now return to your pre pre written uh, ad copy. But I'm I'm glad I was able to get that off that che- off my chest because I really do owe that really good friend of mine that email, and I'm probably going to have to get right <laughs> right to it <laughs> as soon as I finish recording this. Uh, God love me. I hope. Anyway. See how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash material today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's SaneBox, S-A-N as in Nancy, E-B-O-X dot com slash material. Our thanks to SaneBox for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. So Andy and I have some new hardware. We both have the new Chromecast, the Google TV. Uh, I did my review this week for All About Android on the Twit Network. So I am going to try not to like overly <laughs> repeat myself because um, because it it is kind. I mean, it's it's the new it's the new TV interface. I kind of talked about it last week too. Yeah, exactly. Actually, now that I remember, I sort of I sort of forgot about that. So, um, we also have the Nest Audio, which I was going to play around with on the mic on the hot mic because I thought it would be <laughs> super fun to just annoy everybody with. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, Andy, I want to hear some of your just your thoughts from using the Chromecast for what like. It's been like a week now since you've had about it. About a week. I think I got it on it's it's Thursday as we record. I think it arrived Friday or Saturday. I think what Friday. What color? White. 
Okay. You, you a, a, who cares? It's going to be in the back of the TV anyway. I'm sorry. But, it's snow. Snow. By the I'm way. sorry. I'm sorry. Cocaine. Cocaine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that white. Uh, um. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so I'll, I'll just like sort of add to what you, what you said last week when you really like gave uh, gave them the broad strokes of what everybody really wanted to know. Um, first of all, I was really I was really impressed that when I'm when I'm setting it up, of course, it comes with that great remote. Uh, I'm saying mm-hmm. great because it's not black, which means that, as I've found in the past week, it's so e- so much easier to find this remote in my bed or, or like on the nightstand. It is, than... but it gets nasty real quick if I you know. have it I'm, around a baby I'm... who likes to put her hand in her food. Well, you knew you knew <laughs> what, you knew that a, a nasty looking remote was the one problem that the one complication that would affect your life if you had a baby, and I you you made that trade. You made That's that trade. Uh, I decided to accept have clean remotes and a life of borderline loneliness oh, and the I'm surety sorry, that I would be dying alone. God. Anyway. No. Uh, and- <laughs> All right. On the, on the thoughts. What I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That went a little dark. I, 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 I haven't had lunch yet. Anyway. Uh, so what I, th- I thought was really cool is that, so I'm putting the, bat- you know, you're squirreling through the box to find the, okay, obviously they gave you the AAA, mm-hmm, the, the AAA batteries. And you, you do have to squirrel through it. It's like buried deep, like under three layers of cardboard before you get, because when I opened it, I said, this better come with batteries. This yeah. better come with batteries. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the cool thing is is like I had to stop when I found them saying my God there is no printing whatsoever there's like a it's white tubes they're millennial blank with a plus with a plus sign they're and a batteries minus sign. for TikTok stars living together in a giant track home in yes. the middle of the valley <laughs> or by, who spend their days commuting to fake g5 gulfstream private jet mm, sets mm, uh mm. but so a so i was like wow they actually instead of just saying well obviously it really doesn't matter let's just source triple a batteries from a supplier who can give it to us a really great volume <laughs> discount it was no we're going to like does have designed a custom a bespoke set of batteries not only that but i was i, I was thinking but uh, these are white batteries and i bought like the white chromecast they didn't like make sure you get like the the pink and the like no they actually went and did that if you ordered the pink one you got pink batteries if you ordered like the bluish ones you got the bluish batteries which i want those pink batteries to be sold at the google store i don't even care yes just if you want to sell them to me i will give you money for them because i'm telling you aesthetically that just that made all of my little feelers go off so I know, I know. There's, there's no rational reason why, but I'm thinking no, that no. oh, this is, this is going to be disappointing. Like a year from now, when I need to replace the batteries, and I, I hope I can buy white, white like blank bespoke, exactly. bespoke batteries again. And th- this is because, and this is from a guy who keeps making fun of people who praise Apple for what most companies don't understand is that it's important to paint the other side of the fence that nobody sees, just as important as painting the side like screw you like it doesn't matter it doesn't make a difference this is and the idea of like a batteries that go into a compartment and are never seen but i'm still like you know what if i could if i could go to the google play store instead of like spending four dollars at the cvs locally spend seven dollars i would i might consider doing that that's pretty nice um now the the first first impressions were not great it really seemed 
on day mm. one to be super buggy and frustrating. Very different from my experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why. It also, for some reason, would not work on the HDMI port that I selected for it on my bedroom TV. Huh. But it moved, but it's super, I'm not going to blame that. I'm going to blame, like, it could be my, my TV. It could be my TV. Oh, s- fun sidebar. <laughs> I actually, I, I'll, I'll try to remember to like, give you the picture. I had to take a picture of this. That uh, uh, the one nice thing about the remote is that it's also infrared. And you also just like a universal right. remote can say, here's uh, to turn off and turn off your TV and control the volume of the TV. And it's very nice interface. You gives you like a list of manufacturers to scroll through to select. And my my bedroom TV is a Toshiba. It's mm-hmm. old, but it works great. It's perfectly for a bedroom TV. And so I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So before I before I get to the T's, I'll like scroll. Hold up, scroll back up again. There is a TV manufacturer called Hello Kitty. Not yeah. like not like Samsung made a line a special like Hello Kitty themed like no 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 that is actually the Hello brand Kitty of TV. television. People own them. Yes, yes, yes. I I really wanted one back in the day, but it was just a little too much uh aesthetic, too much to to really get into that. By the way, the remote you know also does input. You can also cycle through inputs with the input button. You can? Yes. Yes. So I had a problem with the infrared last week. It fell off my TV. I was like, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> uh, I went back in and I recalibrated it last night and actually, excuse me, two nights before. And it works awesome. So I just needed to have a little bit of patience and go and recalibrate everything. And now I have power button. I have volume buttons and I have input so I can switch between the Chromecast and the Nintendo Switch. Oh, so, isn't that lovely? So, so it maybe, is lovely. Maybe you can answer uh, another question that I, I thought I'd answered, but I could be very, very wrong. Now, the uh, since we're, it's nice that we're we're talking all about the remote because there there are some things. It's the big. It's the big it. part of this. Right. This is the so. Uh, I feel as though like the 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 stars of the show the of of a remote uh, for a device like this is you need quick access to the home button you need quick access to the back button and of course there's the the the, the D pad too but basically in terms of the round buttons that go underneath the D pad home button first priority back button equally first priority and so the big selling point of this for Google is, hey, look, it's got the it's got the Google Assistant built in. So I feel as though they put the Google Assistant button where the back button should be. It's on the top row, right next to the home button. So it was like two a pair a pair of buddies because it's the problem. Number one is that that's not necessarily naturally where my thumb wants to fall, mm-hmm. and secondly. I'm not I don't dislike it. I'm actually using the assistant more than I have been hmm. when it was something that would just simply pop Surprising. up when it seems I mean meaning I've gone from not using it ever at all to sometimes using it. But the problem with it is that uh, particularly because this is a bedroom TV, uh, I'm not going to be necessarily diligent about putting the remote on the nightstand when I found something that I want to watch. I will put it next to me on the bed and maybe like I sort of like shift in place and I wind up like hitting the the Google Assistant button. And so instead of like seeing this really dramatic, wonderful moment, I saw the, the screen suddenly goes dim and it's like the microphone is open. It's like, no, you interrupted me and I didn't want to be interrupted. Um, the other The other thing is the but the thing that I'm hoping that you could advise me on is that mm. there's a dedicated button for YouTube. Okay, perfectly natural. Number number one, it is like the the hugest, most valuable streaming service on the planet at this point, mm-hmm, ubiquitous, mm-hmm. and also it's a Google product. I totally understand that. 
Uh, and you can, because there is YouTube for streaming videos, but there's also YouTube TV, they plan for that. You can hold, if you hold down that button, it will say, oh, do you want this to take you directly to the YouTube app or directly to the YouTube TV app? Wonderful. Love it. Unfortunately, there is right next to it, there is a dedicated button for Netflix, which I don't, I'm not offended by, but I use, I use my Plex app way more than i use netflix mm, so i was i was mm. hoping expecting that i could hold down the netflix button and say oh well which app would you like to map to this button but no you can't do that and that that kind of if there's if it's not possible to remap that that kind of cheeses me off because now we have this button that i may as well just put super glue around so i don't accidentally hit it because i'm just i don't use netflix enough to give it like top first access priority sort of button. I will, it's something that I'm more likely to be hitting by accident and then accidentally like ditching out of whatever, ditching out of Plex and hitting and launching Netflix than anything else. So it's, is it possible to remap the Netflix button to something relevant? I have no idea. And the thing is I, I use Netflix. So for me, it's yeah. been, I have, you have Netflix and YouTube TV. So it's like perfect there for me. I, uh, it, that hmm, you wonder you wonder if maybe Netflix paid yeah for that to be put there like that you wonder if it, like I'm I need to actually now I want to get to the bottom of this is why because Roku remotes do it too there's so many different remotes that have placement for a particular streaming app so um, I'm very curious to actually get to the bottom of yeah who is paying the money to 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 be front and center. That's that's a good point. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a revenue getter for them because that's mm -hmm. if yeah if if anything just having the logo front and center as you're going. Um, there's uh, I I was pleased to find out. Now the thing that I was worried about is that I'm comparing this mostly to my hundred and seventy dollar uh, Nvidia Shield, which is more of a console. It's it is actually not just an app, uh, not just an Android TV. It also can work as a standalone Plex server. It's also a game console. It's designed to be exactly that powerful. And it's built by NVIDIA, which is sort of like superstars when it comes to building really, really powerful, powerful, powerful stuff involving video. Uh, so I was like, okay, so I bought this for $50. Let's start. Uh, I've obviously the first wave of installations was okay let's get netflix on there let's get hulu on there let's get the pbs app on there now it's like okay now it's time to play let's get the plex app on there let's get the cody app on there let's get the vlc player app on there stuff that is not necessarily stuff that has to do things that are a little bit more complicated than simply be a dumb glass terminal between yourself and a streaming media server. Very happy to, to find that all, all of those uh, apps work perfectly fine, so I'm not losing anything there. I'm trying to figure out if it's slow or if it's just simply different. Like, uh, I think app launches are seem to be taking longer than they do on both my NVIDIA Shield and the, and the, Mi, blo the Mi box that it replaced. Um, I'm, I'm noticing something in Plex particularly where if I wake it up after like five minutes uh, to resume a video that I was watching, it does something that's kind of interesting where it does – the audio starts up right away, but there's a freeze frame. And it's nicely done because the freeze frame is from the point in the stream in which it's capable of resuming the playback. So it's like you see audio against – a freeze frame then three seconds later the person who is like in the middle of a word 
completes the word because they've just caught up with it. I don't a lot see a lot of the difficulty is that I don't know if a lot of these apps have already been optimized for this device. So if I am seeing any sort of uh, speed problems or lag, maybe it's just because the next update that I get for Android TV is going to fix this uh, from these individual uh, individual app developers. Um, the last thing I should I kind of want to talk about. I mean, there's I, I'm I'm probably going to be writing about it sometime this week or next week, so I can go to the uh, the full blah blah blah. But uh, the, one of the big deals is that, like you said, there is a complete change. Okay, a, a large change in the interface between this and Android TV, and a lot of it is based on. Uh, Google TV trying to surface recommendations for you so that you don't necessarily have to go digging into apps. I, I have to say that I love most of what it's doing. Uh, the Hulu app, I think, absolutely sucks. I hate it. There was a time in which they did a total overhaul of it three or four years ago. And ever since then, I have almost kind of dreaded having to watch a show that I love, like Bob's Burgers. It is tradition that I, I don't even wait for, like, sometime next the following week to watch the episode it is nope as soon as i i know that this is going to be on hulu this is this is the end of my day on saturday on sunday night like around one or two a.m i will hit the hulu app and it's always damn it hulu you understand this is one of my favorite shows why do i have to like go into my me- a menu of my things to okay so that's like four clicks and then scroll 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 like i don't want i don't care about love boat reruns i don't care about this reality <laughs> show that i never cared about to begin with i've never watched yeah. anything from this channel you're trying to push just so the ability to uh, uh just from like the front f- interface of android tv simply say that oh yes bob's burgers that is a favorite of mine would you like to add well would you like me uh, would i like to add it to your watch list absolutely i would like to add it to the watch list and so now it is like first order retrievability i can just simply zap to it directly from uh and it's very very good and the the uh, the way that it's connected to all the other stuff that you watch and able to surface stuff that you might like is also, I think, even in the first week, working out very well. It surfaced stuff in Amazon Prime Video that I thought that every now and then with Prime Video, I will like spend uh, like uh, 20 minutes or so just Christmas treeing the entire menu structure just to look for stuff that I have not seen but want to see. It managed to surface a bunch of stuff on Prime Video that I was keen to see and just add that to the watch list. It also, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how for whatever reason I kind of started watching the uh, the, the, the FX series, reality show Ink Masters, because I think it's mm-hmm. it, it pushes a lot of buttons for me. And this is the first time that it's that uh, – that, uh, <laughs> that the that a server said oh well i know that you like a lot of these ink master videos some from the official channel some not from the official channel do you realize that you can actually buy would you like to buy this episode or this series here's where you can go to buy it and without being obtrusive or anything like that it was just a suggestion it's like well actually you know what i would like to buy like the premiere episode of this season for two bucks just to see how well it works the things i don't like are the things i knew that i wouldn't like which is when it's recommending there is a there is a there is some sort of a tween uh, TV series on Disney Plus about like the, uh, the the title is something along the lines of uh, people who are members of royal families but are s- second to in the line of succession not first in the line of succession so it's like the younger brother of the prince regent of like all these communities 
and it's the first it's the the the, these recommendations are like the top slot like right under the menu bar and like i don't not only am i annoyed that you're recommending something to me that i don't care about i'm annoyed that you don't notice that i have not clicked on this once in a thousand hours of using this tv product and perhaps we should stop thinking that andy is going to be interested in this tv show that was basically for fans of disney princesses of the age of 11 to 13 and just move mm-hmm. on it's it's seem i'm having some of the yeah. similar issues that, that, that's what annoys me the the idea that and i know that they didn't just simply well you know what based on everything we know about andy having been a youtube user since 2006 2007 and also watching his entire like google search activity for that time I think he really is interested in a Disney Plus series that is targeted towards 11 to 13-year-old girls. Like, no, I think you've got a big check from Disney to help you to help them market this, and you're not going to stop showing me this thing until that contract runs out. Am I off base here, Google? Because I don't think I I'm am. Having the same, I'm having the same issue with cable news and sports. Yeah. It's like, I know I pay for all this on YouTube TV, but originally I, but I hide this on YouTube TV. It doesn't even come up in the reel because I don't want it. And they keep serving it to me. So I, there's some things that still need to be worked out in terms of how do I get content I absolutely do not want to never show up? Because I think that is, if I'm already paying this, I've already ranted multiple times this week on several different platforms, including the Clockwise podcast here on the Relay <laughs> FM network, uh, about how we've all been duped into paying for cable all over again. Now, that's a slightly separate topic from what we're talking about here, but I do feel that because I am paying all that money, I have this Chromecast. I am trying to make use of these things that I spend money for, but when I don't get the exact result that I want, yeah, I get a little feisty. I get a little feisty because especially in Google, because the whole reason I was attracted to the Android ecosystem in the beginning was all this customization, all this ability that I could do whatever I want. And so I would like I would like the same thing, uh, the same experience from Google TV. So I think, Andy, you and I should maybe I feel like we're going to have a lot of things. We're going to be talking a lot about this, like in the chat, because this (laughs) is something that we're just going to keep using. It's our new way of navigating (laughs) google tv so uh, 50 bucks though i'll I'll, I'll say that after a week i'm i could turn around on this in the next week or so but i i I think this is a good product particularly at the price um i don't i i still have my old me box that i've had for like a couple of years like plugged into hdmi 3 or whatever so i can so (laughs) what what a what a what a passion play where the the, the me box has to like see this new thing d- dangling next to it and think that you know that we're we're in a we're in a death battle between the two of us that at one point and the and the the shocking thing is it's not as though like the dead will be will be cleared from the battlefield it's like i'm going to be too lazy to <laughs> pull the me box away <laughs> and so the loser of this fight is just going to have to deal with watching the watching the cpu core of the winning device get hot and cold, hot, hot, hot and cold, hot and cold, while it can't remember the last time it was ever woken up from sleep. That's, that's, you could do a really great two-man play, uh, two, two, two-person play. I would probably beat the hell out of, uh, out of Hamilton. I would, I, they would take the Pulitzer for drama away from Hamilton and give it to me for writing something that was that good. 
but I'm too lazy to even unplug the mm. thing I'm not using. What are my chances of being mm. not lazy enough to actually write an entire two-person play? Uh, shall we quickly talk about the Nest audio? Just very Please. quickly. Now, I haven't really... I probably will have more to say on it next week because, to be completely honest with you, I've had a bunch of other work I've needed to prioritize over this little speaker <laughs> hey hashtag freelance life right um i'm like trying to bring up my notes from the trying to bring up my notes but basically what i can tell you is this thing is supposed to be 75 percent louder than the original google home there's no explicit saying that it's going to replace the first generation original google home but it's basically going to replace the first generation Google Home. Like this is what's going to be put in places. Yeah. Is this little this little pod a giant chewable um, breath mint? Yeah, it's 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 as big as my head, as you could see. <laughs> and again, even just from setting it up, is already very loud. I'm going to see if I can put on a little bit of jazz. I'm going to put on a little bit of smooth jazz here. Okay. While, while you're doing that, I will simply I will simply <laughs> add that as part of the testing of the of the of the new Google Chromecast, I thought I would just like listen to music just to test it out for like an hour, and I wound up like listening to music and reading for six or seven hours because it's like because I, 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 I installed Cody and I Whoa. installed like all these Whoa. streaming apps. Ooh, there was an ooh. Can you hear that? No. To like figure out where the volume is. Oh, the volume's at the front. So you're tapping at the top edge of this of the device. Yeah. So I'm tapping. Oops. Okay, that's muting. Can you hear that? Yeah. Faintly. <laughs> and now the weather in your local area. Expect to be okay. cloudy and 62 degrees uh, this weekend, just, but showers scattered across the Tri-City Metroplex. Just in case anybody is wondering, I really got into smooth jazz when I was pregnant because it really helped me. I was having like a lot of anxiety. So Good. Uh, and it reminds me of being in the dentist chair, which I guess is not <laughs> – it's, it's not comforting, but for some reason it chills me out. It's a comfortable chair and, and they gas you, so it's like <laughs> – I so there I, I I have definitely had days and weeks where if there were a service where by the way uh, we are we are medically board certified uh, if you for uh, an hour at a time we will just simply put you in a comfortable chair and just knock you out you'll be unconscious in dreamland that's really how they should advertise <laughs> and then you'll wake up with sparkling clean teeth um okay so the nest audio has all the buttons there's three hidden buttons on the front you touch you touch the middle to mute or to stop you touch the side right to go up in volume and the side left to go down in hmm. volume and then on the back is a hardware mute switch for the voice assistant. So, mic's off. The mic's back on. Um, it's definitely a dense little device. I had some, again, flow. Good job being prepared before the podcast. Um, a couple of just key differences to note between the Google Home or the original Google Home and the Nest Audio is that the Home had one full range driver, which was 50 millimeters in diameter. Uh, it produced the entire frequency range of what you were listening to, and it was assisted by a passive radiator. 
or by passive radiators, which were supposed to help augment and amplify the bass that it was producing. So that's why it sounded so loud and so like room filling. But um, that wasn't authentic. That wasn't an authentic sound, right? It was just kind of taking advantage of the acoustics of the room and really amplifying that sound. The Nest Audio has a seven, 75 millimeter woofer, which is a lot better to kind of capture those lows. That's why it's jazz sounds so good on it. It has a 19 millimeter tweeter, so it really will capture onto those highs. And it has two dedicated drivers to let you access a larger frequency range than you would have gotten on the Google Home. Um, no longer need that assist from passive radiators, which is great. There's no like amplifying happening here. This is all like authentic sound. So pretty good for $100. Mm. The idea is you're supposed to be able to pair these things. They have ambient EQ. So you'll put them in a room. And if there's like typing in the corner or some fan going on, it will like adjust to make sure you can hear the music over that. That's different than the stereo abilities of the Google Home Max. I had gotten some clarification on that. The Home Max is its own beast of a device, and that's very much like an enthusiast device, and it will remain that way, an enthusiast music playback device with the assistant bundled in. The Nest Audio is very much more for the everyday person, just kind of like here's how to easily – Yeah. Well, listen – They talked a lot about this fabric coating. It's recyclable, or rather it's made of recycled materials. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot less cloth feel to it than in the first generation Google Home. I don't know if you recall, but on the bottom of the base, you had that fabric base and it was kind of loose when you would touch it. This has no looseness. It just feels like it was decoupaged right onto the (laughs) chassis, uh, which is great. But Google acquires Mod Podge. (laughs) <laughs> Next in Business Insider. <laughs> Thinking about how that would work out. But <laughs> the thing is, I don't I, – I think this fabric is probably a little better in – it's probably a little more robust than what we had going on some of the Lenovo displays and um, the first-generation Google Home. But, God, don't put this, like, where you have grease <laughs> and, like – it's just not a good idea. I already told you what happened to my Nest Hub that I put in the baby's room and how the <laughs> fabric base just sopped up all this spilled formula. So that was just like it, – it, it looks ugly tie-dyed. now. <laughs> yeah. It's not even cute. No, it's not tie-dyed. It just looks like dirty. It still works. It's fine. Um, but I, I don't have any like real assessment of this because – I haven't really been able to listen to it. I think this is something that, again, I'm going to have to come back to you. But I will say that the way that the Nest Mini sounded more fuller in sound the minute that I plugged it in, so does the Nest Audio. So there's a clear mm. um, there's a clear upgrade in abilities to what Google has done to its smart speakers. But in the end, remember this is this is about this is about the assistant at the end of the day. It's really, this is a high-powered vessel for the assistant. So keep that in mind if you're planning on yeah. buying one of these. That's cool. I, I almost I almost bought one the other day, uh, A, because it's, it's cheap enough that it's like, okay, do I really want to? Yeah, like, it's 100 bucks. It's, it, it's, I, I could probably get like a review unit, but it's like, how many people do I have to talk to? And then am I going to have mm-hmm. to like get a briefing and then i'm going to follow up say so uh how, so have you printed like okay i could I, can i give you can i like what, what's what's your what's your email address i would like to paypal you 99 right now for you to like never cut 
it's like uh, I almost I almost did because uh, because I was I really was curious to know where it might fit. Uh, if there's a, I, I have two uh, Google Home Max speakers, obviously, mm-hmm. because I live on this planet and I have like a mailing address, I could not help but to acquire like 40 Google Home minis. So I've got that covered. I've got a few like regular Google Homes. And so I was trying to figure, trying to think of like, gee, if I bought like a pair of these, would this do, would they do a better job at certain things than my Google Home Max? Would I like to, would it be an upgrade in sound if I took every place where I have a Google Home and replaced it with a mini? Uh, because I, I do find that I'm liking, I'm using like multi-room, multi-room audio a lot more when it's mm-hmm. it, it helps it helps me to focus on like the morning when it's like if i start playing something you don't have to just like stay in bed and listen to this album you can get out of bed and make the bed and then go into the bathroom and shower and shave and then go into the kitchen you see you know these little psychological things that kind of help you going but i'm trying to i'm i'm really keen to see if it would be better than like the small herd of google home devices i've already acquired over the past three or four years I'm doing the same thing. I think that's something, again, we're going to do a lot of revisiting because I feel like that's, this. they call this Techtober, a lot of new yeah. stuff coming out, and then you kind of just test it going into the holidays. So we're going to have more to say. I will say I already took down most of the Nest Minis in my house because they serve no purpose yeah. uh, b- with everything else I have going on. So if you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at Material Podcast. Tweet me at Oh That Flow. Tweet Andy at Anotco. Um if you tweet him in the material podcast account, I will still see it. So just kind of use yeah. that because I'm not here peeping on Andy's mentions <laughs> as much as I'm sure Andy would love me to. You know, that's between him and the internet. You're so. welcome. To, you're welcome to peep on my mentions as much as you would like. You are trusted. Well, you know, TweetDeck has only so many columns, you know, and I'm already so distracted. <laughs> True. So, um, the other, the, the other, and the other cool thing, I think what, what really stayed in my hand is that we are like one month and a half away from Black Friday and yes maybe, i rolled my eyes because i know it's just it, at, at 100 dollars, it's well let's think about it at 70 dollars, it would be yeah sure let's do that As, especially exactly especially because i already like spent blue like 200 dollars on a piece of artwork <laughs> from some an artist that i'm on i'm, I'm supporting on patreon so it's not there's it's not it's not as though i don't have another 99 dollars. it's not like i spent my last 200 dollars in this world but there's a point at which like my father's voice just enters like like obi-wan <laughs> like saying son per i don't know <laughs> i'm under the impression that google intends to like make these speakers for quite some time it's not a limited edition of four <laughs> perhaps you could actually wait until next month when you have a new uh, amount of mad money in the budget to actually spend or perhaps even not buy it at all given how many google smart home speakers you already have it's like all right you're right you know what makes it hurt double as much because it's not just your voice. The fact that it's coming out of my head means that it's your voice, but also that part of me that understands that I tend to do things that are really irresponsible if it means getting a new cool shiny object in the house. Like, like you just you, you just go out and say it. Just say you're disappointed in me. Inner voice. I say that all the time, and you complain about it. Okay, but. Okay, now we're getting into the therapy thing, so perhaps we should start winding things up. I'm sorry. We're going to wind things down. Um, We're going to take a quick, quick little, like, look, break, and then when we get back, a couple more quick little things before we say bye-bye. 
So one little thing before we go, which is actually quite a big thing if you just think about terms of accessibility, Google has a research project that can detect sign language in a chat app and use that to trigger a change in speaker focus. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. Right now, it's it's not a feature of like Google Meet or anything like that. Uh, but Google researchers uh, presented a paper uh, at uh, at a conference showing that uh, showing how you can use in a chat app and it, to uh, how a chat app can support uh, the use of sign language for a bunch of different effects. Uh, starting with the simple thing where now we're, we all know how chat apps work, where if someone starts speaking, suddenly it goes from the, the, the view comes for, that goes out to the chat is now longer, no longer the person who used to be speaking is the person who's now speaking. But mm-hmm. obviously, if someone relies on sign language, they're not making noise to get the focus of uh, of the chat. Uh, but now this uh, they have a working technology demo in which uh, they can they're actually tracking of course body position and movements uh, and with this new technology for s- real-time sign language detection so that again first level stuff is that if someone starts signing during a chat during a group chat it recognizes that okay this person is speaking we're going to switch from this current speaker to this person who has just started speaking again but also it kind of lays the groundwork for giving sign language the same level of parity as spoken language. So just as we can do speech to text, perhaps in the future we can do sign language to text, or Mm -hmm. we can do like live transcription of sign language or live translation of sign language. Uh, It's like I said, it's not a feature that is being added to or being announced for any of their products right net, but the paper is very, very interesting of what I've only, I've only read at this point a synopsis on, on TechCrunch. But it really does look like, yes, this is exactly what this is. This is exactly why we allow companies like Google to be uh, an industry competition crushing behemoth, because it gives them both the resources and the time and the mandate to do cool things like this that are absolutely necessary and absolutely required. But a company without resources are probably going to back burner Mm -hmm. this and focus on let's see if we can make payroll next year. So, yeah, well, Thanks, Andy, for bringing that up. I mean, that I that missed my radar. <laughs> so I feel like uh, we had a really big show today. We had we did a lot. We did a lot. And uh, if you're feeling a little overwhelmed by information, I, I do apologize. But, you know, it's just that time. <laughs> just that time of the year, right? We do. We do have some fun, more fun stories next week. And we will. We, we do. Will, we will. Put the put the pho in fun next week, mm-hmm, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and the and the pho in Florence. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Andy, what are you up to this week? Are you doing radio this week? I actually have this week off because there's Good. so much election stuff going on that it's uh, like yes, I'm, I'm, I'm back next week. I'll probably be <laughs> off the week after that, but then back. But I actually, now there's uh, I I prefer to be on every week because if you if i miss a week of stories it's like oh but this is such a cool thing i it's wanted to scramble. talk about yeah and but but also there's also the oh that means that like uh there's i think that one of the things that uh the lockdown has sort of underscored for me is the idea of there is a point I don't know what what moment it's going to be during the course of any given work week but there's going to be a moment where for the rest of the week, I have no commitments to interact with people again. 
which is and it's not like i'm trying to limit it god knows i'm having it limited against my will uh, as as much as i am but it's like oh that means that if i do want to stay up until like four or five a.m working on something fun or just reading or listening to music or what it means that it's not going to ruin my ability to like be on a podcast at one or no no, no I, I don't actually have to have this thing ready for someone so that by the time they wake up and check their inbox tomorrow morning it'll be ready for them it's like no nothing that is it, it's it's like when you're playing a game i'm sorry fifth analogy of the this is this this is the all <laughs> analogy edition of, of material but i i really i i realized this a few, like a month or two ago and i realized that no this really is like uh like when you're playing a game like uh uh like open an open world game like red dead redemption where mm-hmm. there you're there are missions where you feel as though you're playing like like a, a regular like video game but then there's the no, actually, how about we just like ride on the horse and just enjoy the horse ride and decide, hey, look, there seems to be like a butte over there that knows. Why don't we just like our goal today is we're just going to ride towards the butte. So it's, so it's the difference between like I'm playing the game of my personal professional life in like an open world gameplay mode as opposed to a mission based world. And it will all change like next week when now it's Monday. So people are going to want to see stuff from me or I've got uh, a recording to do or something. But as soon as soon as I'm done recording the commercials for material today, I don't I don't have to start writing like my NPR show. I can just say, oh, I'm actually free to do whatever I want. If I if I want to spend the next four and a half to five days like rubbing my fingernails together and just like listening to the sound that my Ooh, fingernails I don't know make. if I like that sound, Andy. That's that's giving me some weirdness. I uh, don't like that. Okay, well I'll I'll have okay, I'll have you know, I, I did watch the Dolly Parton documentary on Netflix, which I strongly I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. do you realize that she uh, Dolly Parton when she wrote the the hit uh title song to 9 to 5, the entire like beat of that came from her just having these big acrylic nails on and then being bored because it's That's a movie beautiful. which means you so she just wound up going dig it dig it dig it dig it dig it dig it really hey wait a minute dig it dig it dig it that sounds like a typewriter doesn't it dig it dig it dig it dig it ding 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 jumping in the shower and the blood parts pumping out on the street the traffic cross jumping and folks like me all right that that's gonna make me eleven million dollars excellent thank you acrylic nails well I if anybody really wants to see what go, Andy's up to, he's on Twitter at Anako. <laughs> Spell his last name. <laughs> uh, as it's for like me, the I'm, secret I'm, handshake. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as for me, I'm here just working. So if you need me, florentine.com, at OhThatFlow on Twitter, you know where to find me. I thank everybody for tuning in this week. I really, really hope to see you back next week. Uh, and, you know, just... Keep on keeping on because I know it's I know it's kind of hard for some of us. It's <laughs> it's been a long seven months, eight months, whatever month we're in. It's really nice to be together this way virtually, either a, a live chat with a good friend that you love and respect, such as my friend Flo, or even just uh, we if it would uh, we would we would be very very pleased and consider it a great blessing if. Uh, Actually, we had actually I had this the nicest one of the nicest con- communications I ever get from listeners is that oh I just I, I hadn't I, I was falling behind on my podcasts I haven't been doing like the regular commute anymore and f- listened to an episode of material and it was really it was like getting visited by friends again and it's like oh that is so that is exactly what I was hoping that is wonderful that's like 
you know that thank you very much for that because that it is sometimes both as both as a podcaster and someone who listens to podcasts and again when i listen to when i watch a new tech Moan video i enjoy it a lot i've uh, uh but a lot of it is like oh i i get to i get to listen to my my british friend matt tell me about this really cool tape deck that he found and he's going to take it apart and say oh isn't that cool oh that's great Thanks for coming over, Matt. Like, and even though never met Matt, actually, we're kind of acquainted now because on our on the boards uh, for his service. But it's like, but I digress. But it's like, oh, it's like it's nice to get a visit from that folk, that that person who's making the new marble machine music thing. Oh, look, he he's he he sent me a video of how what his progress was like. And again, I'm not delusional. I know that I don't know this person, <laughs> and but it's like there's still that kind of. Sort of. Oh, I pre. I. Uh, it is a form of human connection uh, that I think that we all are very pleased to have at this time. And we can't wait to connect with you guys again next week. So until then, have a great next seven days. Bye. Folks like me on a job from nine to five, working nine to five. What a way to make a living. God, wish I knew the words, because this is a really good song for a baritone. Working nine to nine, because I'm a freelancer all taken and, and no work given. never stops. Try to move ahead, but the boss working won't give you credit. It's nine. enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Nine to five, uh, for service and devotion yeah screw you youtube we would get so copyright matched and sent to the sent to banish to the land of winds and, and, and ghosts but no this is podcast this is freedom casting man and if dolly if you want like the 80 cents i might owe you for singing this song i'll i'll send you the whole dollar keep the change because you're terrific